Welcome to Keep the Republic with Dr. Daniel Bobinski, editor of True Idaho News. Keep the Republic is brought to you by the Political Action Committee Conservatives of and Carmen Glancy with Homes of Idaho Real Estate. And now, here's Daniel. Well, hello and welcome to Keep the Republic. Dr. Daniel Bobinski here, your host for the next half an hour or so as we talk about issues facing Idaho from a Judeo-Christian perspective. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our show is sponsored by Conservatives of. If you'd like to support constitutionally-minded conservative Christian candidates, I would encourage you to go to conservativesof.com and make a donation there. You can click on the Idaho button and you can take a look at what's happening in Idaho. If you would like to make a donation to a specific candidate, you can earmark it for that. Or if you just want to make a general donation to help get conservative Christians elected, that is what they do. Our show is also sponsored by Carmen Glancy of Homes of Idaho. It's a real estate organization. She's been helping people since 2011. She's got experience with investment property, residential property, horse properties, and new construction. You can see why so many people give Carmen a five-star rating if you go to BoiseRelocating.com. That's BoiseRelocating.com. Or you can call or text Carmen Glancy directly at 208-559-559. 7753. Let me say that one more time so you can write it down. 208-559-7753. And thanks to both Carmen Glancy and Conservatives of for sponsoring this show. As I said, we talk about things from a Judeo-Christian perspective, and one of the things that faces our state is election integrity. Across the nation, you are probably aware of the fight that's been going on in various states about election integrity from this past election. I think I would be hard-pressed. I think, in fact, it would be darn near impossible to convince me that uh, the person currently occupying the White House uh, achieved 81 million votes. I just don't see the evidence for that. And yet, the people in the deep state, we call them the deep state, the people who are uh, striving to institute a globalist, top-down authoritarian government, and you hear me talk about that a lot on this show and on the things that I write, Uh, they've been trying to, shall we say, condemn those who would try to talk about election integrity, who would even question it. Unfortunately, in our state, we even have some people who hold Republican positions in various committees. For example, people who run uh, several of the central committees have even told their candidates, people running in their central district committees, to say, hey, don't bring up election integrity. Don't talk about it. The problem is that election integrity is an issue in Idaho. And with me today is Tim O'Donnell of Election Integrity Idaho. Tim, welcome to Keep the Republic. Thank you, Daniel. It's great to be here. I'm so glad you are here. You recently spoke down in Missouri at the uh, Truth Summit, which was a, a, an event that uh, was what 49 states showed up to talk about these things and That's people correct. talking yeah. about election integrity. Give us a little bit of brief about what happened there. Sure. I think, um, I think there are really two main takeaways from that. I think the main one um, that Mike Lindell was the main sponsor of, uh, of the event, uh, the guy that sells my pillow. Uh, so he talked about, uh, if you recall last year, he did a symposium 
um, where he was going to release this information on packet captures, which supposedly showed uh, foreign interference in our elections, right? Um, There were a lot of reasons, for whatever reason, it it didn't happen. Well, his main um, point on Sunday night at the conference was to show that this Dennis Montgomery, um, this person did provide them these packet captures. He does have them. Um, you know, there's, I'm not sure where to land on that just yet. We're going to see how that plays out, but that's, that was, I think the main thing that he wanted to convey. But I think the the second thing that's um, even probably more important uh, or has longer term implications is that all 50 states, except for West Virginia, um, but I know they have people in the movement there, but all 50 states showed up and gave some, um, information on what they're doing within their state to secure the elections within their state. It's important. We have to have secure elections or we don't have a country. Absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've, I've borrowed a phrase. Uh, Winston Churchill used the quote that um, courage is the most important virtue because it's upon courage that all other virtues um, depend. And I think that says the same thing about election integrity. It's the most important issue because it's upon that that all other issues depend. If we don't have fair and accurate elections, then our, you know, our entire system of government is just a facade. So it's, it's a fundamental thing that we have to get right and we have to fix. Because right now, 50% of Americans, according to Rasmussen polling, um, just recently, they don't trust the outcome of the 2020 election. They think cheating impacted the outcome and they think it's going to happen again in 2022. So we really have a crisis in our country about our election systems. And these charges of election deniers and conspiracy theorists, um, you know, that's not helping the problem because this is too many Americans involved and too many that just um, we need to have a better discussion about it and not just label people and dismiss what they're saying. One would think that we would want election integrity and that this should be an American principle that everybody in this country, no matter what their position, should be an advocate for election integrity. Right. And as you right. say, we have people who say, oh, you're, you're denying these things happen. And yet you've got some information here that says Idaho is ranked 38th on election integrity nationwide. That is shocking. Yes. How, how did they arrive at those numbers? Right. So this was from the Heritage Foundation. They did a study of all 50 states and uh, they basically looked at the legislation in place in each of these states as to um, whether or not they favor um, securing our election. So, for instance, voter ID. Uh, I know that's a, a hot topic, but um, that's one, you know, it's a conservative think tank. So they kind of come down. If you have voter ID laws in place, then, you know, that's ensuring more um, secure elections versus if you don't. So they ranked every state and Idaho came out 38th. Mm. I, I personally, I mean, so I count me among the people who think that the election was rigged. Count me among the people who think we should have voter ID. I mean, we had Project Veritas, where James O'Keefe went up to the, uh, the polling area where Eric Holder, when Eric Holder was the Attorney General of the United States, went into the precinct where Eric Holder was registered to vote, walked up to the desk, gave the name Eric Holder, and they were ready to give him a ballot because he said he was Eric Holder, even right. though his name was James O'Keefe. They didn't ask for check. They, he said, I didn't, I didn't bring my idea. That's okay. You can just take the ballot anyways. To me, that is blatant, obvious proof that we have the situation ripe for fraud. Right. And correct. And, and um, you know, within Idaho, we have a conservative legislature, and you'd think something like voter ID would be a pretty much uh, easy thing to pass. Um, well, we had that bill um, last legislative session. It actually passed overwhelmingly in the House, uh, but it died in the Senate uh, State Affairs Committee. 
without a hearing. So let me guess, who was chairing the State Affairs Committee? Well, I think she's retiring, so she, she is. maybe we'll have a, <laughs> a, another chance at it. Patty Ann Lodge was the chair. In fact, uh, so yeah, she's going to, I'm so glad she's going bye-bye because she has been a, an obstacle to a lot of really good legislation. And it does bother me that we have a fairly conservative constituency in this state and as many of the conservative legislators tell me, we've got a red state with blue management team. Yep, that's what I found here. I, I moved here from California. I'm a refugee from a couple of years ago. Thought I was moving to a red state and seeing that, you know, that's not really the case. The people are conservative in general, but as you say, blue management. Blue, and what they do is they, they deceive during their elections. We have a, a running joke that if you wear a cowboy hat, and you put it on your campaign literature, it means that you're a conservative. But you have uh, people who call themselves conservatives who are not voting conservative, who actually uh, called people who are true conservatives, they called them liberals, and they, they deceived people. I can't believe that's going on in a conservative state. Yeah, well, and uh, you know, just back to your point before, um, election integrity should be a nonpartisan issue, right? I mean, it's something we should all agree on, that we need to have trust and confidence in our elections. Um, but, you know, I think as the polling shows, that's not what we have right now. So you said voter ID is one issue and uh, being able to look at the voting process itself is another. We've had these drop boxes here. We had the Zuckerbucks come in. I'm totally against that. That is not uh, something that would I, I don't think our founders would have approved of at all. And right. I think when you look at the spirit and intent of our founding documents, that's who our elected officials today should be trying to emulate. What are the principles they were following? And I think to bring in private money with a very obvious political bent is not exactly ethical. And so we we do have some places in this state where drop boxes occur. Did you are you aware of that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Ada County actually has six of them. Um, so th th that opens up a big topic because, you know, the 2000 Mules movie came out recently that really highlighted uh, the issue with um, these people basically called mules that were basically uh, involved with some organization. Um, this is not in their own. I mean, these are just people that were getting paid to submit, you know, basically turn in ballots uh, through the drop boxes. So uh, that movie was just displayed all that. I think the, the, the larger issue, though, um, you know, while the drop boxes can be misused, I will say that with Ada County, we PRR'd, so we did a personal or a, a, a public records request for the video of this recent election of all the drop boxes, and we were able to obtain that. We saw, uh, we watched a lot of the video to see, are we seeing mules? And we didn't see that, but here's, here's to keep in mind that um, about 15% of the absentee ballots that come in go through the drop boxes. The other 85% go through that other big uh, drop box that nobody really knows anything about, which is the Postal Service. Mm -hmm. So once you put your, you know, if you go right now and you put a, a, a ballot in a drop box, it's the clerks for the county that go and pick it up. And if it's videoed, we can watch it, that's great. Um, but if you put it in the post office box, there's no video. It's a black hole until it, the clerks go and pick the ballots up. But mm -hmm. that's after they've been routed. From my understanding, they go either to Salt Lake City or they go to Spokane. Uh, so even if the clerk's office is just down the street, you put your ballot in the absentee ballot in the mail, it's going to Salt Lake City before it goes to the clerk's office. So 
What happens in between? We have no idea. And absentee voting has been skyrocketing in years. Uh, in the 2020 election, it was over 50%. Um, typically, it's been less than 5%. So that's been a growing trend. And um, you know, th this topic, as I said, I'm, I'm going on this topic because this is our big focus for uh, the upcoming legislation is really look at curtailing the absentee voting in this in the state because if there's fraud that's most likely where it's happening I, I couldn't agree more that's very interesting because there is no accountability there is no chain of custody exactly so someone comes in and drops a ballot in a in a drop box okay you can have a video there but they could easily just gather up a whole bunch of ballots mark them the way that they want to and then drop them in the post box and nobody knows who, how many they dropped off. Exactly. Uh, there was a really, um, I call it a seminal story in the election integrity movement because in, in August 2020, it was a New York Post story, and it was a whistleblower who was involved with election fraud using absentee voting, mail-in voting. And what they would do is they'd find different ways, and it's different state by state, of how to intercept these ballots, and then they can steam them open. They can pull out the real ballot, insert a phony ballot, close it back up, and submit it. Nobody's ever going to know. I mean, how do you detect that? The, uh, the signature on the envelope, would we do signature matching in most counties here? That's the real signature. So you're not going to find that. Um, it's a fake ballot, but you're not going to find it from the current techniques that we have in place. So that's all part of what we're doing with the absentee voting and focus on that, trying to curtail it. We don't want to eliminate it. I think there's um, legitimate reasons. You have foreign military, you know, military not foreign more military overseas. Uh, you have people with legitimate physical disabilities that they can't get to the polls, right? But for all others, it sh we should be encouraging in-person election day voting and discouraging um, anything else. It's not to suppress the vote. It's just to get security and integrity back into our elections because absentee voting is, as you said, the chain of custody. That's what we know the least about what happens to those ballots. Mm -hmm. I have a rather unpopular opinion that I hold regarding <laughs> elections. We hear a lot from a lot of people that say we should make voting as easy as possible. I disagree. I think we should make voting as difficult as possible. I think it, you should have to work at wanting to vote. That you should people who are aware of the issues and know what's at stake. Those are the people who should be wanting to vote. Uh, just to encourage someone to go to the polls because you happen to live here and you have the right to go to the poll, I say, hey, amen. If you've got the right to go to the poll, then you should educate yourself and then go to the poll and cast a vote. But to just say, oh, gee, today's election day. I'm supposed to go vote. And I walk up and they, and they say, oh, you're not registered? Here, you can register now. And you know nothing about any of the candidates or any of the issues. And you cast a vote. That's dangerous. And I see that happening a lot. And that, that bothers me, and I think it really messes up what our founders intended as far as having skin in the game when it comes to making a decision about how the company or the organization we call America is run. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, uh, you know, there's some, a lot going on, too, with uh, third parties, as you say, incentivizing people to vote and to sign up. Um, they, like the CTCL, you know, what, what strings come attached with that and, and what's their motivation for doing it? Um, I think that's all got to be factored in. And I, I agree with you totally about it's not just to be responsible. It's not just voting. It's a being an informed voter. One of the things that and by the way, if you're just tuning in, we are talking with Tim O'Donnell, uh, who runs the election, uh, election Integrity Idaho organization here in the state. He's kind of the guy at the helm. 
making it all work is and it is a volunteer organization if you want to get involved it is a grassroots everybody's a volunteer tim you're not getting a big salary on this zero uh, <laughs> by the way so so tell us to our listeners um how would somebody want to get involved if they want to help you Absolutely. And, and by the way, just there, there are a number of people, a number of great people involved with this right now, people that do data research. We're always looking for legal uh, assistance, you know, even just uh, uh, providing consulting or, you know, some advice. Um, but our main activity is happening on Telegram. Uh, if you look up Election Integrity Idaho on Telegram, that's where every day there's just a chatter going on about what's going on in the movement, what's going on here in Idaho. Um, there's a lot which you're never going to hear about in the legacy media about what's going on in all the different states, what's going on here. Um, we do have a website as well, electionintegrityidaho.org. So if you're not on social media, you can always go and sign up there. And uh, we have a newsletter we're going to be starting up um, very shortly here. So hopefully those that aren't on social media, um, we can keep them informed of what's going on, the highlight issues. Um, and I appreciate what you're doing, and that's why I asked you to come on the show, because people need to know. And I do think we do have election problems here. I remember watching a video, I believe it was Michigan, of a guy who writes code, and he was giving testimony to a city council in Michigan. He said, I can write a code that will cause uh, X candidate that I choose to get 50 plus one, or to 51% of the vote, and once the election day is over, once the date of the election passes, that code will eat itself and cannot be found on the computer. So I can write a code in a computer so that my candidate is guaranteed to win. And as soon as the election uh, comes to a close, the code disappears. And if anybody goes in and looks at the code, there's no evidence at all that it was rigged. And, I, and this guy was testifying of this. He, he was participating in it. He was a whistleblower. And it was in the state of Michigan. And I'm listening to this. And I'm going, oh, my gosh. We need to stop all voting machines. We ran this country with paper ballots for, what, 200 years? Right. And we right. elected people. Can we go back to that? You may ask you, can we? Well, I think we certainly can. Um, I know that's, that's a, a, a topic that our clerks and other county officials are, um, you know, that's not something they want to hear because um, the, the machines do make, I think, makes their lives a lot easier. Um, but it's definitely something we've done in the past and something we could return to. Um, I think Clint Curtis was the guy that you're talking about. And yeah, and, and, and he's, that was a simple program. I mean, that was like programming 101. Uh, I'm a software developer by trade myself, so I looked at uh, some of what he's done. I mean, that's, that's, that's easy to do what he's talking about doing. Anybody could do that. It's not hard to do. So, yeah, but I, I, think, I think the issue, and, and this is a white paper we've just come out with, um, or it's a draft right now, but should be out shortly, about transparency, because that's what's lost. Um, when we had hand counting, that's a concept that pretty much anybody understood intuitively, right? You put your ballot in the box and then people count it. What we've done with the introduction of technology is that we've added hardware expertise, software expertise, networking expertise, cybersecurity expertise, in order for us to have transparency, we have experts in all of those topics that we trust that have looked at these systems and vetted them and said, yep, they're good to go. But I guarantee you that's not what's happening right now because these are proprietary, um, these vendors have proprietary technology. And, um, you know, there's a lot of times we ask for information and they deny it. No, that's, that's, 
our trade secret. We're not going to let you see it. Why not give us the database that every county has when they do an election? Let us see that database. Why not? Well, that's a trade secret. We can't, we can't provide that. Should not have secrets in our elections. No, no. No. I remember watching a video, as is after the 2020 election, watching a video where a guy had 10 people in the room. He had a voting machine. He had uh, they, everything everybody could see. He had eight people vote for one candidate and then ran those ballots through the machine. Everybody watched. And then he had two candidates, uh, two people choose a different candidate. It was A or B. And ran those through the machine, and everybody saw. Okay, we ran eight ballots for candidate A and two ballots for candidate B. And then he had the machine print out the voting results, and it was flipped. It was flipped. Yep. And it's amazing to me that these things are possible, and more people aren't up in arms going, wait a minute, what's going on? I I think back to what uh, Lenin's, uh, no, Stalin in Russia said, it matters not who votes. It matters who counts the counts votes. votes. Correct. Yeah. And, and what you're talking about is, again, it's, it's, it's computer science 101. It's very easy to do. So what I want to say about that is that, you know, we have uh, out of Mesa County, Colorado, we had images of, you know, I talked about getting the databases from these systems and being able to analyze those. Well, we do have that. That did happen. Uh, we have an image, back, actually two different images from before an update that the state made and after that update and showing stark differences that things were deleted that should not have been deleted. This is like uh, voter history and things like that. It also showed this really disturbing thing that um, in the middle of an election, about 20% of the votes there's a new database created in the middle of the election, not triggered by anyone manually, as far as we can tell. Um, and there was about 25,000 votes initially, and they copied those over into the new database, but it ignored about 20% of those. So only 20,000 of those votes got copied over. Um, 5,000 are missing. And wow. Yeah, so this is, as you, as you talk about the machines, the machines are definitely as they stand because we don't have transparency in how they work. Uh, they're definitely a, an issue, and that's some hard evidence yeah. that uh, some serious things that have happened. Well, this is a very important issue to me, and my, my concern is that not enough people have taken it seriously. And I think also a concern is that the people in the court systems have been uh, bought off, I guess, is maybe a word, uh, uh, subscribed to the deep state mentality. They've been voting down these opportunities to do research to find out if there was fraud. You finally had Wisconsin come out and say, okay, we're going to investigate this. We're going to decertify our electoral votes because we found so much corruption. And just recently, they got a new guy there. He says, nope, we're going to pull that. And I think I'm looking at the, uh, the laws of the country is they have to keep the voting records for the previous two years. So that means, let's take, for example, you know, we had the election in November of 2020. You have to keep all of that data for two years by law so that you can challenge, you can investigate, you can look at the evidence. They've been kicking the can so hard and in so many places, in these, especially in these six counties across the country where the, we know the voting fraud tipped the, the election results in 2020, They've been kicking the can and they've been fighting in court. They've been trying to delay, delay, delay because 
come election day on November of 2022, by law, they no longer have to keep the data from 2020. And the, the analogy that I use for this is like a football game. If I am on the offense and I'm running a play and my team committed a penalty, if I can get the next playoff before the opposing team can call the attention to the refs, hmm. and I can even just get up and spike the football, then I, the play is the next play has been run. There, they can no longer call for the penalty. So a lot of times you see that if you're watching a football game, that the the offense right. knows they screwed up. They they get up, they quick run up, and they run the next play right away. Even if it's a zero play, they just need to get the playoffs. So they don't get penalized 15 yards. Right. Yeah, and you're right. It's the, the federal law is 22 months. Um, so we're up. Most states sets up September 3rd. They can start destroying ballots. Uh, Idaho, we got an extra two months for that, so we have until November. But yeah, that's and and the ballots really are. That's the fundamental. Um, the paper ballots, that's, that's the, the record, right? So once those are gone, and actually this was set up deliberately because they didn't want people to be contesting elections forever. They wanted to have a date where they say, okay, we got to move on. And that's when they destroy the ballots. That's a date that, you know, we can't ever get those back. Right. So I think Joe Biden's going to be, be trying to breathe real easy the day after election day. We've got a we got a big problem here, and I do think that we need to um, keep working on this. As you say, we're ranked 38th in the country on election integrity. We have people who are in the Republican Party saying not an issue, yet it is an issue. So, with the final 30 seconds left, uh, what would you recommend our listeners do? Yeah, so um, I think it's real instructive. So we have a crisis in this country right now about our elections, but we've been this, down this road before. Back in the late 1800s, we did not always have a secret ballot. And at that time, we had vote buying. You could have people come in and say, hey, we want you to vote a certain way. We'll pay you or we'll uh, coerce you to do it. And they could see that, you know, because it wasn't a secret ballot, they could confirm what they had. Well, what happened was, is that we went to secret ballot. If you look at our Idaho constitution, uh, it was right around that time that we were forming it. That's, so the secret ballot was put into place in the constitution. We have a problem that we need to solve here, but you know, I, I'm not looking at, as our group, we're not looking to beat up on anybody. We're not trying to accuse anybody of doing wrong things. We think most of the clerks and and other people are trying to do a good job, and for the most part, um, they're people of integrity. But we have a problem here that we have this crisis, and we need to solve it. So um, we just want to have a dialogue and discussion. That white paper that we put out about transparency, that's kind of our blueprint of how do we restore integrity into our elections. I like it. I like what you're doing, and I want to encourage people to visit electionintegrityidaho.org electionintegrityidaho.org or they find you on Instagram, you said, or Telegram? Telegram. Telegram. Thank you very much. All right. We're out of time. Uh, This is Dr. Daniel Bobinski here with Keep the Republic. My guest has been Tim O'Donnell with the Election Integrity Idaho organization. Uh, Get involved. As Stalin said, it doesn't matter who votes. It matters who counts the votes, whether it's a poll watcher or a person who is uh, getting involved to keep the uh, Integrity Project going here. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week at the same time. Daniel Bobinski saying, be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to Keep the Republic. If you'd like to support this broadcast and fund Christian conservative candidates, visit conservativesof.com. And for your real estate needs, connect with Carmen Glancy with Homes of Idaho. Also, 
please pray for our republic and for godly men and women who will work to keep it.